Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 495 for the 29th of May, 2016. This week, Flash is all but dead. Apple stopped supporting it six years ago. And browser manufacturers citing security concerns are also dropping support. Fraudsters seem to be winning the technology battle, according to accounting firm KPMG. In short circuits, Microsoft turns a $7.2 billion investment in Nokia into a $7.6 billion loss. The internet loses its capital letter. In spare parts, only on the website, Kaspersky warns about a new variant of an ATM skimmer that leaves no physical evidence. Adding a battery to a Walworth charger makes it a three-in-one device. And Microsoft has a plan to make affordable internet access more common. It's time for Flash to fade. Flash used to be nearly universal, but Apple stopped supporting it several years ago, in 2010. Few, if any, smartphones or tablets support it. Support continues to dwindle because of its ongoing status as a security disaster, so you can see why it might be on the way out. Today, we'll take a look at how you can disable it if you want to. That, however, raises a problem for me. TechBiter Worldwide has used a Flash audio player for many years. I had already planned to switch to a native HTML5 player in 2017, but now I have accelerated the schedule. Starting today, you'll see the old Flash player, the MP3 link that I added a few years ago to accommodate those devices that don't support Flash, and the new HTML5 audio player. One problem with a native HTML player is that it supports three audio formats, and until very recently it was necessary to produce audio in at least two of those formats, MP3 and AUG, if you wanted to provide support for all browsers. Now all of the modern browsers support MP3, so only a single format is required. But there's still a problem. This is an HTML5 function, and browsers that don't support HTML5's audio element won't be able to play the audio. Fortunately, browsers that don't support HTML5 are becoming hard to find. Internet Explorer was the last browser to provide support, and that started with version 9. So all current browsers but one support HTML5 audio, i.e. Edge, Firefox, Chrome, Safari, Opera, iOS, Safari, Android Browser, BlackBerry Browser, Opera Mobile, Chrome for Android, Firefox for Android, i.e. Mobile, and the UC Browser for Android all support HTML5 audio. Only Opera Mini does not, and for technical reasons, it probably never will. So, it's time for Flash to go. Flash has changed little in the past 15 years, and that's part of the problem. Besides the security problems, Flash is a closed proprietary system. The web is based on open systems, 
and the advent of HTML5, CSS3, and other technologies allow native browser functions to replace what Flash used to provide. Within the past year, Adobe has made an effort to harden Flash against attackers, but it's too little and it's too late. Flash must go. So let's look at how you can remove Flash from your browsers. Microsoft bundles a Flash plugin with Windows. It started with Windows 8. To disable Flash, you need to open Internet Explorer, and if you're on Windows 10, Internet Explorer is still there. Click the gear icon and choose Manage Add-ons. Make sure All Add-ons is selected in the Show box, and then find the Shockwave Flash object. Select it and click Disable in the lower right corner. Microsoft Edge includes a built-in Flash plugin too. To disable it, you need to click the menu button. That's the one near the far right that looks like ellipsis points. Choose Settings, scroll to the bottom, and click Show Advanced Settings. Then find Use Adobe Flash Player and turn it off. To make the process a bit more complicated, Adobe offers three Flash Player plugins for Windows an ActiveX plugin that's used by Internet Explorer, a Netscape plugin application programming interface plugin for Firefox, and a Pepper plugin API for Opera and Chromium. For Firefox, choose Tools from the menu and then Add-ons. Select Plugins on the side menu. Select Shockwave Flash. You can then change Always Activate to either Never Activate or Ask to Activate. I like that second option because it means I can leave Flash enabled for sites that still really need it. If you want to eliminate Flash entirely, click the Options button and clear the check mark from the Enable option. For Chrome, start by typing Chrome colon slash slash plugins in the address bar, find Adobe Flash Player, and disable it. Google has disabled support for the Netscape plugin APIs, which means that a plugin such as Silverlight, Java, and Unity won't work either. Google still does provide support for the Pepper API, which is more secure. Additionally, Chrome automatically updates any Pepper API plugins when the browser itself updates. So on TechBiter Worldwide, you will see three audio options right now. That'll soon drop back to two. If Flash is enabled on your device, you'll see the familiar Flash player near the top of the right column. If you have disabled Flash, or if you're using a device that doesn't support Flash, you'll see a broken link or a notice that you need to enable Flash. Oh, and by the way, what would be in the right column on a large screen like a desktop or a notebook computer will appear below the main content on a smartphone and on some tablets. Depends on the screen size. Below the Flash player, you will find an MP3 link. That's been there for several years. And below that, you'll see the new HTML5 player. Its appearance differs quite a bit from one browser and one platform to another, but it should appear on all modern browsers on all platforms. If you don't see the HTML5 player, please let me know what browser and what operating system you're using. Accounting firm KPMG says that few frauds are detected using data analytics, but technology significantly enables nearly one-third of the perpetrators. Fraudsters, both internal and external, are getting better 
while protection lags. This is not exactly an encouraging report. On the TechBiter Worldwide website, you'll see just three examples I've seen in the past week. One, an email message that said, contact me. It's so amateurish that it's laughable. Some security experts say that these utterly unbelievable claims are an advantage for crooks who want to separate members of the expanding idiocracy from their money. Only a truly stupid person would fall for a message that promises to transfer $21,410,000 to you. The second example is a bit more believable. It's a variant of the secret shopper scam. Generally, these require the mark to make the purchase with his or her own money, then send the purchased goods to the scammer. In this case, though, they promise payment, and they say that besides being paid, you get to keep the products. I didn't click the link, of course, so it's unclear whether the site you'd be taken to would try to steal your identity or plant malware on the computer. Chances are it'd be one or the other. And what's certain is this, the payoff wouldn't be anything you'd find enjoyable. The winner this week is a message from the county court. You'll note that it doesn't say which county or which court. There are a few telltale indications that this is not a message from a native speaker of English, but overall it's reasonably convincing. They have my first name, so that may make it seem somewhat legitimate. But look at the date of the court appearance. It's Saturday. And few courts hear cases on the weekend. Few, if any, courts do business this way either. If you're required to appear in court, you'll generally receive a hand-delivered summons, or at least a registered letter, not an email. If any legal jurisdiction does send email notices, those notices would include a case number, and more importantly, a time and a location for the hearing. This message had neither. The attachment, which I did not open, is almost certainly laden with malware, most likely a Microsoft Word document with embedded macros. The KPMG report says that technology significantly enabled 29% of the 110 fraudsters analyzed in North America, 24% of the 750 fraudsters analyzed worldwide. Disturbingly, the report says that proactive data analytics was not the primary means of detection in any North American fraud and organizations used data analytics to detect only 3% of fraudsters worldwide. North American frauds were most often detected by tip-offs and complaints. Now consider that for a moment. Tip-offs and complaints. In other words, nobody and nothing at the company noticed. And it gets worse. The second most common ways frauds were detected involved management review, accidental discovery, and internal audits. The KPMG account reflects both fraudulent transactions created by outsiders and those created by insiders. In instances where fraudsters used technology to perpetrate frauds in North America, 35% included creation of false or misleading information in accounting records, 29% involved providing false or misleading information via email or other messaging platforms, and 21% involved abusing access to computer systems. Some 25% of frauds enabled by technology were detected by accident. KPMG says the primary problem is weak controls. Fraud is less likely to occur in companies that monitor for unusual transactions using analytical automated processes. Despite the increasing threat of newer types of frauds, such as cyber fraud, 
The report says that companies are not focusing on strengthening their controls. You'll see some additional statistics on the TechBiter Worldwide website, and the full report is available on the KPMG website. You'll find a link there from the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, here's a surprise to approximately nobody. Microsoft is all but exiting the phone business and eliminating another 1,800 jobs. Microsoft phones never really caught on, and the business has been fading since the company acquired Nokia for $7.2 billion in 2014. Last year, Microsoft wrote off $7.6 billion. Yes, that's more than they paid for the business, and cut 7,800 jobs. Now they're writing off another $950 million and plan to cut another 1,850 jobs, most of them in Finland. Most former Nokia employees are also former Microsoft employees. The remainder of the job cuts will happen before the end of the year, but a few employees will remain in research and development. One might wonder what they'll be researching and developing. Two years ago, Microsoft hired 25,000 Nokia employees. Everything that's left is going to FIH Mobile. The Foxcom subsidiary will pay $350 million for it. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella says it's not the end. And the head of Windows devices, Terry Meyerson, says that Microsoft is scaling back, but we're not out. By not being out, Meyerson might be referring to rumored plans to release a new phone with the Surface brand in 2017. Microsoft has been working on the project for a while. The Surface brand has a strong following in tablets and notebooks, so that popularity might translate to phones. In other words, it's not the end. Speaking of the end, and I just was, Internet, you are no longer special. The Associated Press is now recommending that Internet be spelled without a capital letter. The New York Times has agreed to go along. Internet has been capitalized since the beginning because it was considered to be a proper noun, like Tom, Dick, or Mary. After all, it is the network of interconnected networks, isn't it? The network. So it's Internet with a lowercase i. It's going to be hard for me to type Internet without that capital first letter, but maybe it's time. Email with a hyphen, after all, has become email with no hyphen. And World Wide Web, all capital letters, has become World Wide Web lowercase. I've continued to use the hyphen in email and to capitalize World Wide Web. Oh well, things change. The New York Times announced this week that it will follow the Associated Press recommendation to lowercase the name of the Internet. The changes go into effect for the AP and for the newspaper on June 1st. As an article in the newspaper noted, this explains the incongruity of Internet being capitalized throughout this article. Copy desk manager Jill Taylor at the Times is quoted as saying, 
It'll probably take a while to get that shift eye out of our muscle memory. And indeed it will. The AP announced the change in April. The Times quoted the AP's standards editor Thomas Kent as noting that the change mirrored the way the word is used in dictionaries, newspapers, tech publications, and everyday life. In our view, he said, it's become wholly generic, like electricity or telephone. The Times continued to quote Kent in justifying the change. It was never trademarked. It's not based on any proper noun. The best reason for capitalizing it in the past may have been that the word was new. But at one point I've heard that phonograph was capitalized. So, effective now, TechBinder Worldwide will try to remember to type Internet with a lowercase i. And you should remember to check out spare parts, only on the website. Kaspersky warns about a new variant of an ATM skimmer that leaves no physical evidence. Adding a battery to a wall wart charger makes it a three-in-one device. And Microsoft has a plan to make affordable Internet access more common. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.